friends, and welcome back to the Asbury Deep Dive Podcast. I'm so excited to be with you all today. I have a very special guest. We're going to talk about a very exciting topic. So with me, I have Kim Rinkema. Hello, friends. No relation. Um, I don't know her that well. Fair. <laughs> yeah. Good enough. Yeah. Just kidding. She is my mom, in case you're wondering. That is my old last name. It's a good one. Um, and we're going to be talking about leadership. So Kim got her master's in leadership from Asbury Theological Seminary. I did. I finished in May. Yes. A semester behind Congratula- you. I did finish first. Thank you, everyone. We all know now that. Good to clear the air. Uh, <laughs> as well as, so she's been in leadership positions her whole life, uh, essentially. She's one of those powerful, bossy ladies. Um, and so before we jump in, just thought we would get to know her a little bit better. And so, Kim, why don't you just tell us, just on record, for everyone listening to hear, here and at home, far and wide, um, just just completely recorded, completely on the record, who is your favorite child? My favorite child. Well, she has one, see. folks. I have three daughters uh-huh. who may or may not get the text updates for this podcast. Right. Um, so I'm going my new dog, Dexter. <laughs> my new rescue Whatever. puppy who's eight cute. months old, who I spent way too much money to train, but now he's wonderful. Sorry, picking him over the girls. I mean, he's cuter than I'll ever be. I'll, I'll give that. Your um, word's not mine. I mean, he's a dog, so. He is a dog. <laughs> he has softer hair, you know. He's all fluffy. The perks. He lives he is, at my house. He is pretty cool. I have to pay more money to feed him than I have to feed you anymore, so. Well, yeah, you haven't fed me in a while. I know. <laughs> I know, that's what your husband's Wow, for. wow. Well, well, any hobbies? Maybe a redeeming question um, for me there? So I used to have a bunch of hobbies, and then I was in school for six years, so I've lost most of my hobbies. Um, I still claim reading. I am going to get back to reading. Um, <laughs> any day now. Any day now. Once <laughs> I, after my shelf of seminary books, um, I will eventually get back to reading. Right now, it's binging Netflix instead of reading. Hey, man. It's a real hobby. It's a real thing It is now. So as you all have, I'm sure, read, and as we've already said, we're going to be talking about leadership, which I think is a fantastic topic, Um, and talking about it more on the practical side of things, you know, of how how do we lead. And I think that, and we'll get to this as well, but I mean, every single person has a form of leadership. And if it would prefer, you know, it would be better for you if you think of the word influence, um, as we go through this, I think that's a very um, relevant word as well. If you don't like the word rele- or leadership, um, we're just going to talk about it. So um, just to start, Kim, how would you define leadership? So, you know, you would think having a leadership degree that this is an easy one to define, um, but there's so much nuance with it. So I went, I went digging through my books and on the internet, um, and I found a good definition from Forbes that I really, really like. Um, and it talks about leadership being a process of social influence. Um, so, so responsibility, influence, things like that. Um, but it's how we maximize others or how we engage and encourage others towards a single goal. Um, there is no leader without having followers. Um, it's, it's about influence, not so much about power, um, but it requires other people to come along with us as a leader. Um, you know, and there's a lot of things that say, is a leader born or is a leader developed? And, and there's schools on both sides of that that says you can't be a leader unless you were born that way. Um, or it's easy to be a leader because you can be developed that way. And I would say they're both true. Um, everybody has a circle of influence where they can be a leader in that circle of people. Um, but things I think about when I think about, you know, encouraging others on where they are a leader or where they are an influencer is... Um, what are you good at? Um, what are you not good at? Um, 
and here's a here's a good one that kind of sets your your thinking in the right place is who is a leader that influenced me and what were their characteristics um, so Melissa can you think of a leader that influenced you and and why why would you consider them a leader in your world yeah yeah I'm I'm reading I have the outline and the notes here and I read um, <laughs> well really. It's my mom. <laughs> Thank you. Now, who is it really? <laughs> no, um, I can think of many, many leaders that have, you know, just benefits of growing up here. You know, they really put people around you to help you and whatnot. And I think Melanie Burdick, who um, was my small group leader with my mom, you know, so my, the good small group leader. <laughs> just kidding. Just we had kidding. very different gifts. <laughs> yeah, no, but they're both good. And I would say my mom, but that's too cheesy and y'all wouldn't believe me anyway. So Melanie, the thing that stands out with me, her, of her, for me, I can't talk today, guys. I'm going to try again. The thing that stands out for Melanie, for me, is that she was just always willing to listen, um, which is funny to say because she's such a talker. And so <laughs> that sounds a bit, but she really was. She always was willing to listen and like meet you where you were at. Um, so I definitely really appreciate that and many, many other things about her. I love that. I love, um, she and I led very differently and it was so fun um, to watch her invest in people. I think that's what made her a good leader was yeah. was listening. Yeah. Well, and leadership is such a diverse topic too, you know, and I feel like the more you know about a topic, the more or the harder it becomes to define, you know, because when you don't know much about a topic, someone's like, give me an answer or give me a simple definition. And you're like, that's easy, this. But then you study it and you go deeper and you go deeper and you're like, this is actually way more complicated than simply just saying this or that. You know, it's it's not born or made, you know, it's, it's is it both? Is it different for different people? You know, all these things, it's... Um, Leadership is definitely a thing that I think we also debate because I'm guessing every single one of you listening at some point has doubted your leadership ability or your ability to be a leader. And I think the question of what am I good at, um, what do I know I'm bad at, and who is a leader that has influenced me and what about them influenced me, I think that can help us see so much more clearly if we are being good leaders or where we can work or, you know, yada, 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 fill in the blank. But that puts more meat on it rather than just saying, am I a leader? Am I good enough to be a leader? You know, those aren't really productive questions. Instead, it's, well, what am I good at and where am I using that? What am I not good at and what am I doing about it? And who are people I admire and for what reasons? You know, and calling those things out of ourselves as well. Where, where is that circle that you're a leader? You know, you may not be a leader even in your job, but you may be a leader in your circle of friends. Or um, So where are those circles of influence? Yeah. Um, so academically, Gallup did, Gallup, we all know Gallup, they do all these research studies. Yeah, yeah, studies. we all know Gallup. <laughs> totally. Okay, my generation, how's that? <laughs> the old people in the room know what Gallup research was. Thanks. Uh-huh. Thanks. Uh-huh. Feeling really good about myself right now. <laughs> um, the the most effective leaders are always investing in their strengths. This is what they found. Um, the most effective leaders surround themselves with the right people. So, you know, I might be an s- effective leader in a certain circle, but if I bring people around me to surround me and, and um, improve my strengths and surround myself with those right people, I'm going to be a better team and a better leader. Um, and the most effective leaders understand their followers' needs. So, you know, I may be leading and charging ahead to a goal, but if I leave my followers in the dust, we're not all getting there to what we were trying to achieve. Yeah. Well, it kind of goes back to like the Christian walk, you know, like, and we, if we look at Jesus, who was an excellent leader, in my humble opinion, 
you know, he definitely had a place he had to get those people, but he didn't just force them there. You know, he didn't, you know, he had different approaches, but different types of people because he knew their needs. And I love, so Jesus uses illustrations to define things and he uses fishermen, shepherd, poor, down and out examples because those were the people he was talking to. You know, if he was alive today, he would have used different illustrations and examples because those were the people he was talking to. He met them right where they were at, every single person, every single crowd, which I think is just beautiful. And he was intentional about that. Yeah. Um, he, he was very careful who he selected. He brought them along with them. Um, so, so let me jump to... Um, an analogy that I heard in one of my seminary classes, one of my one of my professors said, um, if I he actually did this, he said, if I take a pitcher of water and just sling it throughout this classroom or this room where we're recording this podcast, um, I'm just going to kind of hope it falls on a couple of you and that um, you become better leaders or you in the example of Christ you follow me. Um, but Jesus didn't do that. He intentionally took that pitcher of water and poured it into your cup and said, please come along with me. And he demonstrated to you how how he wanted to do his ministry, um, what that looked like. He was so intentional with people and a good leader is going to take a few people along with them and try to replicate themselves, try to make themselves a better leader, charge everybody towards that goal. Um, so there's an author, Pat Lynchoni, that I've read a couple of his books. One of them is The Motive and he's got a great podcast, but he says, um, a leader really doesn't need more than six or eight direct reports, direct followers that they're influencing. Um, and so in, in the same class with the pitcher of water, um, 12 was even one too many for Jesus. Yeah. Um, Jesus yeah. init- you know, intentionally invested um, in 11 or 12. Right. Well, and I, I love that pitcher of water example because you can put so many things to that. You know, if there's a cup in front of you and you just throw a pitcher aimlessly, like, no, the cup is not going to get filled. But when you take the time, fill the one cup, you can then be more intentional about filling more cups or this or that. You know, you can put that's, you know, with our time, our resources, our money, all of these things. I think there's so many ways that we have been taught a pitcher approach of just throwing the pitcher out and seeing what happens and then blaming the world when things don't happen instead of looking and saying, okay, well, what am I doing with my resources? Am I filling cups or am I just spraying things down? You know, and one is obviously more realistic than the other. However, we're led to instant gratification. We're led to believe that sprinkling the pitcher of water should do the trick. Right, and, and, and I think you hit on the instant. You know, if I slowly call people by name and I slowly fill those cups um, one at a time, it's it's... It's obvious where I am investing. Yeah. When they stay fuller, you know, there's that could go on forever. Correct, correct. When I think about um, uh, Jesus and his disciples and trying to replicate himself, I think of um, there was a season where I had a person that reported to me, um, the nice Kim here on staff, <laughs> and and, and as, Kim Rodhurst. as the leader of that team, I was trying to make sure that Kim could follow my leadership, could do what I was doing. Um, I didn't have an end goal and name in, in mind, but I was using the term, um, if I get hit by a bus, I think you need to know this. So I was intentionally over and over and over investing in Kim to become a better leader and a stronger leader with that team. And she now does lead that team that I was leading yeah, at the she time. she worked her out of a job. And she worked <laughs> me out of a job. She will. The version she will tell is that she did the job better than me, so that's why she did it. Um, but fun fact, because I was saying so often, if I get hit by a bus, um, I drove you to school one morning and I did get hit by a school bus. Yeah, so, she's perfectly fine though. Yeah, I'm fine. My car was fine. It was just... <laughs> 
you know. Yeah, um, which I think also takes, or doesn't take us back, but another thing is, what is your motivation to be a leader? Because I think that's an important thing too, because if your motivation is just to get the outside of a cup a little bit wet, okay, maybe the pitcher approach, but if your your motivation is to intentionally leave people better than when you met them, right? you know, or intentional bring people to Jesus or, you know, fill in that blank, Leadership is not easy to truly be a leader. You know, if my motive to be a leader is to get the nameplate on my door and to get the recognition, I'm in the wrong business. Yeah. I have no business trying to be that leader. Well, and if you're um, doing that, there's probably someone else doing all the work and you're just getting the recognition. Right, I'm just taking the credit for it. Um, it's hard conversations. It's focusing on a hard goal, end goal. It's um, rallying people around you. It's influencing others. Um, there is no leader if there are no followers. So if I'm truly out for the recognition and that nameplate, they're not going to follow me. Right. Um, Which goes back to, you know, knowing the needs of your followers. Right. And all that stuff. I agree. Right. I agree. And I think, I mean, leadership, what is it? You know, what is leadership, Kim? Um, I, I will stick with it's leading towards your end goal. However, you know, the other interesting thing I find about leadership is the original leadership theory, I'm probably talking in the 70s, was, and I, and I remember this season, it was, um, I know what you're good at, I know what your strengths are, but how are you going to improve your weaknesses to be a better leader? Um, and the newer leadership theory is to surround yourself by people that compensate for your weaknesses. So when I first asked you, do you know what you're good at and do you know what you're not good at? Um, it's really about how do I compensate for what I know I'm bad at? I know I'm bad relationally. So if I am building a team, be it a staff team, be it a volunteer team, um, whatever that looks like, I am looking for people that are gonna remember to say, oh, hey, Melissa, great job, or, or to give you the kudos. I'll remember at the end of the project to say, hey, this whole team pulled this off. I will always give everybody the credit, but to take that one-on-one -on -one time. So I am always looking to surround myself with people that compensate for my weaknesses, whether it's a hire, whether it's a team. Um, it, it's no fun to lead alone. It is, it is fun to bring people with you, um, but you want that best team that aren't all the same person. Right. I mean, look at the 12 disciples. If we should go back to the Bible, you know, they were all very different temperaments, very different people. And yet, because of all of them, the church is what it is today. Peter and Paul, I agree. they had some spats. I agree. I, I, I think, I think you know, where we, where we were going is, you know, Jesus is a, a perfect example of a leader for us. He, he didn't need that credit. He was behind the scenes. He was willing to, to wash your feet. I mean, that's what makes our strongest leaders. Yeah, absolutely. Because leadership is service, truly. I mean, leadership it, done right is service. It is It is definitely. Um, I, I pulled an interesting quote. This one is um, John Quincy Adams, sixth, pres sixth United States president. Um, if your actions inspire others to dream more, learn more, do more, and become more, you are a leader. Nothing in that says it's about the leader. It's about inspiring others. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I mean, your, what's your motivation? Is it recognition and to do a good job or is it to serve others? And I think even leaders who have like a very specific end mission, like a very specific, this is what needs to happen in the society or this is what needs to happen in the church, like who have a very specific mission, you know, they're still serving. They're still bringing people along there. They're, they're walking people to it. You know, think about Jesus. He had one of the strongest reasons to be doing what he was doing. And he, yet the way he led wasn't 
you know, it was caring and it was service and it was all this thing, you know, the person who did not have to be a servant by any means was, and I think that tells us so much about leadership, you know, even when, you know, it's about serving others and helping others get to where they need to be, but also within that, it's serving them in the process. Right. Um, If a leader has pure motives, um, the followers are going to trust that leader. Yeah. And when you trust that leader, um, you're going to suffer together towards that end goal. You're going to uh, listen more clearly. You're going to, um, it's not about you. Right. It's about others. It's about the team. Right. Which it goes back to in the sermon series when we talked about it way back when, social resilience. You know, it's it's not about you and every single person can say that. And that's how we as a society can find in a church, you know, can find strength and growth and influence the pools around us. I agree. And, you know, in social resilience, we said, you know, it's it's not good to be alone. It's not good for a, a leader isn't a leader standing alone. Right. It's about surrounding yourself with that social circle. Right. Which goes by, I, I remember hearing a story from a... Uh, some person, I either, I think they wrote books, I don't remember who it was, but they're telling a story and they're talking about how people love to give them feedback and would love to like come up and talk to them. And, um, but if anyone came up and was like, Hey, you need to do this. And then they're like, okay, well, where are you plugged in at this church? And they're like, Oh, I'm a first time guest or, Oh, I don't really go. I just come sometimes. Or, you know, they're way less likely to take their advice or their suggestions because they're wanting the, this leader was talking about how they want to listen to the people who are already actively here and engaging and plugging in because their advice or their word of, hey, this needs to change is going to be a lot more sincere, a lot more coming from actual knowledge of the events and is going to be really actually something probably beneficial if someone who's already committed is going to say that rather than saying, I'm only going to commit if you change this. Like that's not, it's not a team player. You could say it's also not someone, you know, leadership ready or really a part of that group leading somewhere. Well, I can relate that to, um, if I take your job description and walk down it with you of here's your task, here's your task, here's your task. And if you just live in the world of, oh, I'm sorry, I can't help you with that. It's not one of the tasks on my job description versus the entire staff comes together and takes responsibility, takes ownership of that business of Asbury Church, whatever that is. Um, It looks different. When I have ownership of a thing, I stop on my way from the parking lot into the building to pick up trash. Right. Um, if I don't have ownership, well, that trash isn't on well, my task. Mine. It's not in my job description. Yeah. I sure don't have to do that. That's somebody else's job description yeah. versus having ownership. And that's leadership is having ownership. It's having yeah. responsibility. Well, I think that's so important too for Christians everywhere because Christians have a job description. Christians mm. have tasks that they're commanded to do. And whenever we just say, I'm just going to do these tasks, that's when we get prophecy without love, as Paul would say that's it. Your, your clanging symbol. You know, that's when we get people who, you know, well, we could, we're not going to go down that road trail. You can <laughs> imagine, you can imagine, you know, I was going to talk about creasters or whatnot, but you can imagine what happens when people just say, this is my job. This is all I'm going to do versus, yeah, this is my task. This is my job description as a Christian. However, I'm committed to the entire church. I'm committed to the entire body of Christ. I'm committed to this local church that I'm a part of. That affects who and what your sphere of influence is. Yeah. Um, where are you? What's your motive? Um, where are you committed? Absolutely. Well, Kim, any last thoughts on leadership? Last thoughts? Um, I will argue no matter what theories out there that everybody can be a leader. Yeah. Um, 
It's about taking initiative. It's about understanding your gifts. Um, and it's certainly about investing in others. Um, we don't want to wait for somebody else to go fishing. We need to do um, the leadership piece of it and, and go fishing ourselves and find those people we're going to pour into their cup and invest. Absolutely. Absolutely. So true. Well, Kim, in conclusion, will you pray for us? I would love to. Father God, we um, thank you that you have placed each of us in a, in a social sphere where we can be a leader. We ask that you help us understand our, our strengths that you give us um, and also to recognize our weaknesses that um, we know there's others that we can bring along with us and, and grow who we are. But Lord, I ask that you um, strengthen each of us, strengthen each of the listeners today um, to know that God has called them to something bigger than themselves and to encourage them and strengthen them in their sphere of influence and let them recognize that, that they are a leader in the places where God has planted them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.